Welcome to Live in the Napa. You're here with JP and David Cunningham. What episode now, Dave? Oh, I don't know, JP. It's it's in the 30s. It's in the 30s, but today. It's got episode 35. Right. Okay, now I've settled that. Um, An NPS today, an OCR announcement today. Now, Man, the market had worked itself into a frenzy and journalists had arguably worked themselves into a frenzy with ANZ in particular calling for an OCR hike. Mm. I think they might still be calling for one, but what did Adrian all do today? Yay! Kept it at 5.5. So, yeah, look, it's interesting because I think, you know, we're all a bit nervous going into the OCR. I certainly was because, I mean, we've been saying that 5.5 was the peak. There's no way they would increase it. I think we're still expecting rates to decrease at the back end of this year. Obviously, mm. the Reserve Bank saying it's not going to happen for some time yet, but we expect them to say that. Mm. All Reserve Banks, central banks do that. They say, you know, things have to be tight and then suddenly yeah. they leaves. In yeah, fact, yeah. ANZ put it really well a couple of months ago. They said, uh, in terms of interest rate reductions, they described it as a stance of deny, 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 ease. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think they had that right in terms of, you know, the easing will come almost certainly sooner than the Reserve Bank saying in the monetary policy statement. Effectively, they've got rates, the OCR at 5.5 for at least another 18 months. And look, I just don't see that happening. I mean, I guess that what we reflect on when we're looking at rates and stuff is just what's happening to Kiwi households, right? You know, what's happening, discretionary incomes, you know, spending habits, what people are doing out there, the hardship that we're seeing come through the business, not just from consumers, but also from business owners. And I'd have to say that this year, you know, the level of hurt out there has increased significantly. We're seeing that in um, the stats from the credit agency agencies too, aren't we? So I think one of the stats they have is missed payments on mortgages. Yeah, and I think it's up to about 1.4%, which is, it's up, it's nothing to write home about. I wouldn't look at that stat and go, oh my God, we've got a crisis. What's interesting with that stat and the comment that came through from Centrix is that noticeable increase from business owners. So it's business owners that are missing payments. Right, business owners with home loans, yeah. Yeah, 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 which is not surprising, right? So uh, if I reflect on that, really weak retail sales. Yeah, you're seeing some corporates reporting good levels of profitability, but a number of companies that are finding it tough, certainly small businesses finding it tough. If you're in construction, retail, hospitality, it's not easy out there, right? Yeah, in in many ways, the monetary policy statement that went with the OCR review, the wording was, recent developments in economic indicators have been mixed, but point to subdued growth in the near term. So, you know, they're really reinforcing that. We've got this sort of weak economy, yeah, it needs to stay weak to force inflation down. Oh, but look, let's get into that, right? Because I just get so frustrated with this whole conversation about tradable and non-tradable inflation. I mean, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. We're gonna go and stab consumers, right? We keep stabbing consumers with this kind of really blunt knife called, you know, the OCR. Mm. And we're like, no, there's too much activity. There's too much inflation in the economy. Let me just stab you a few more times. And the thing is that the inflation is coming through from shit that has nothing to do with consumers. It's coming through from rates, Rates, insurance, insurance, maybe a little bit in terms of rents and stuff, which is a function of healthy homes and all of the other shit that the government put in over Mm. the last four or five years Mm. uh, and high interest rates. Mm. So, you know, and petrol's a bit of a beast at the moment as well, you know, over $3 a litre. But 
I mean, look, this isn't stuff that by stabbing consumers, suddenly you get that shit under control. Well, I guess the reality is, though, that those inflationary pressures there, along with higher interest rates, and let's remember that there's another more than half a percent of hikes coming on average for households mm. from the monetary policy setting changes, what they're now May last year, almost mm. a year on, nine months ago. So, you know, we've got the rest of this year with interest rates rising and, you know, some people have got five-year rates at 299 that don't roll over for another, what, 15, 18 months or something like that. So monetary policy is still tightening, which means there's going to be less money still flowing into, you know, available spend in retail. Yeah. And to boot, you know, things like the insurance, home insurance costs. Yeah. Stab, know. stab, stab, stab. Yeah. It's interesting. We've just had IAG and Suncorp who own two-thirds of the insurance market in New Zealand report their latest results and their gross written premiums are up 20%. So therein is the insight in terms of why insurance costs as a key component of inflation are so high. We're seeing it in those outcomes. So, And that's with a lot more to flow through. So yeah. the profit's not necessarily going up, but the cost of reinsurance overseas, you know, reinsuring their own risk has gone up. So it's like you've said before, it's almost like a tax. So I suppose that in summary, though, there's a mighty lot of negative influences on demand and things in the economy, and so inflation will come down. Does that mean, JB, do you think that actually November, calling you know the Reserve Bank saying, you know, 18 more months of the OCR at five and a half, <laughs> the market this morning going into the OCR review had November as the first cut? Yeah. It ain't happening. The patient's half dead on the operating table, mm. continuing to stab the patient for another 18 months. Mm. It ain't gonna happen. The yeah. patient's gonna die no, well, much Jim, faster than So what's that. your view on the November pricing we had going into this monetary policy statement? Was that even too late? You know, I think we've got one or two banks calling sort of earlier. I mean, look, I think we're gonna have a really weak GDP number come out in March which ironically is for the December quarter, right? This is the thing. Our data is so backward looking. Yeah. We're gonna get data out of March and we're gonna to react to it. We're gonna go, oh shit, that's mm. not good. Mm. And it's like, well, that was three months ago. Mm. Or at the start of the quarter that you're talking about, it was almost six months ago. I mean, that's how backward looking our data is, right? Now I've said to you before, it's like you wheel the patient into the operating room and you go, oh no, no, sorry, I can't do anything yet. I need to go off for blood tests. They're going to take up to six months to come back. Mm. Guess what? <laughs> the patient's buggered yeah, by then. Yeah. So I suppose the reality is, though, watching the actual inflation outcomes, the inflation outcomes are going to be the key driver. So there are a bunch of things that aren't rising or are inflation. Inflation is dead. It's dead. Apart from Apart insurance. from rates, insurance, and, and, and rates. Rents. rents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And none of it, doesn't matter how much you hurt consumers, it won't change any of that. It's structural. Mm -hmm. It's like... So let me pose this question another way. Based on what you're seeing, you know, what would you be doing if you were the Governor of the Reserve Bank or, or the Monetary <laughs> Policy Committee? Would you be holding rates here for a bit longer? I wouldn't or be, because would... it would be a bloody awful job. I mean, that's right up there with being a politician, right? I mean, no one's going to... Yeah, the worst job on the planet. But uh, look, I, I think the Reserve Bank plays it pretty well. I, I'm one of very few people that seems to be a fan of our RBNZ. I think the guys are pretty smart. They're just doing what they should do, right? Which is, you know, tow the line until they don't tow it anymore. <laughs> but I, I, my prediction is that it's going to be sooner rather than later, but it has to be based off data. So they're not mm. just going to do it. Mm. It's going to have to come off the back of some very poor data 
that is worse than expected mm-hmm. and then that will be the rationale for them to bring forward their easing mm-hmm. and my prediction is it's going to be really weak gdp data mm-hmm. coming through in march and then uh, in june mm-hmm. but isn't their job to move monetary conditions in other words the ocr in advance of you know given the lead and lag in times in the economy you know with fixed rate home loan rates we're talking 18 months leads and lags so surely now is the time to be cutting rates because the impact of the benefit of that you know doesn't flow through for ages you know in other words march and june cpi numbers are what they are irrespective of what the reserve bank does so effectively they're saying there's a whole lot of inflationary pressures building up they're going to see inflationary outcomes well over a half percent each quarter because half percent each quarter is two percent which is their midpoint in target so they're seeing a whole lot of inflationary pressures and i guess you come back to insurance rates rents yeah because tradables inflation is headed towards zero and i think in their financial forecast they actually show that you know yeah um, well and look the thing is you've got weak economies offshore as well right Mm -hmm. so that that's the thing is that i think globally you're going to see that tradables inflation is going to be very low Mm. because you've got a weak global economy Mm. and yeah it's in the non-tradables but that's the frustration right is that most of it is completely outside of uh, consumer control because yeah. the idea of these interest rates is to try and drive changes in consumer behavior that impact on the inflation. But guess what? It ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're not going to stop paying our rates or getting insurance. And the insurance costs aren't yeah. going to go down because the reality is, you know, we've got structural issues going on, you know, with climate change and stuff, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no going back on this stuff. That's just reality. It's a bit like we talked the other day about, you know, when you put an increase in GST through, mm-hmm. increase your taxes. That's inflationary. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you can look through it. It's structural. Mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't flow into a price-wage inflation. But guess what? There's no price-wage inflation out there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people would just be keen to keep their jobs right now. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're sort of effectively calling a much earlier OCR cut than even the marketers pricing you know are you in the mid-year camp once we've seen the march and probably the june cpi i mean but by the time we've got the march cpi in late april you know that will be pretty much pretty well no no it like won't that. be april it'll be june it no, lags C- oh you're talking gdp oh sorry i'm talking gdp yeah, yeah i'm talking about cpis you know the, the, the well that's GDP. coming down as well right mm, mm. you right. know if you're a business you can't raise your price because your sales will collapse even more than they have so you know you're well we've had eight so. quarters of you know volume mm. Decline, decline in retail sales, in retail sales. Yeah, yeah. and I think year on year retail sales are down I think 6.7 percent per capita yeah it's extraordinary yeah and volume, volume terms yeah in volume yeah. terms it's like it's a, that's an extraordinary decline yeah, yeah. so that's sort of interesting eh? with that long lead time for monetary policy to take its impact you know 18 months then actually you could argue now or in the next three months is the time for OCR cuts to start to happen. But it won't happen. Mm. And it won't because reserve banks will always be late to rise. Ours was pretty good actually. They've gone to it earlier than most. Mm. Mm. But they'll generally be late to rise and late to finish. But look for over a sort of three-year, five-year, ten-year horizon, you know, the timing that last three or so months probably doesn't make too much difference. No, no. Okay, so uh, things are headed in the right direction. Now, turning to home loan rates, we've seen a number of banks lower selectively some fixed rates. So Mm. what's the sort of, I think it was ASB yesterday, cut their 18-month rate. Mm. I'm not sure what what happened with the rest of their rates. So why are they moving a rate like 18 months? 
I think the interesting thing with the banks is that it's actually quite competitive out there at the moment. You know, like, I don't think banks are generally comfortable at this level of pricing mm -hmm. because um, for the punters out there, you know, in the last three or four weeks, we've actually had increasing wholesale interest rates yeah. as the ANZ's been busy talking up the OCR. Yeah, yeah. So their margins have been getting squeezed mm. and they've been dropping their customer rates. So they've got massive margin contraction. Their the home lending rates, but yeah. they haven't been dropping their term deposit rates, which is the other thing that's sort of got to give, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's actually, it's reluctant competition at the moment. We do see this in the cycle from time to time. I mean, one of the things that I think the banks learn is that they have to follow each other. You know, <laughs> so you saw ASB step away from the market mm. and try and charge their customers higher interest rates. Yeah. And it didn't work, right? They lost yeah, they market lost, share. They lost half a billion off their balance sheet or something, didn't yeah. they? And yeah. came back pretty much picked it up from memory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they lost market share. And so they very quickly learned, oh, shivers, that's not good. And so they're back competing in the market again. And I think that's what you see. So it's very difficult for the banks to step away from where the market is pricing. Mm. It is aggressive out there at the moment. It is competitive. So ASB moved to 689. Is that, yep. what are you seeing out there? I mean, carded rates are still up at well in the, you know, almost approaching mid seven still, aren't they? Yeah, for, look, for look I mean, terms. I think short term mortgage rates sort of between 6.9 and 7%. That's where they're sitting. You know, when you think that you've got an OCR at five and a half, I, I, I think those swap rates are going to come back a bit, or wholesale interest rates will come back a bit in the next hour or two, based on the RBNZ NPS statement today. But, you know, those margins are definitely a lot thinner than they have been. So banks are definitely a lot more competitive at the moment. I don't know how long that will last, but it's very competitive out there. Those are very good rates for where we're Rel at. Relative to the wholesale price and term deposit pricing. Yeah. Now, last week, I think it was, we had real estate sales turnover and stock numbers come out for January, and January was one of the weakest ever sets of numbers. Yeah, what do you I make of that? that? I don't know that I totally believe it. So I think what we saw is, well, I mean, I believe it because it's real data, right? But I think you've just got to be careful about what you read into it. Mm. We're obviously very close to the ground. So mm. it's one of the things I love about what we do is we see everything, right? Mm. Mm. We're a bloody good barometer for what's going on out there. So in the lead up to the election, market really slowed down, especially when it was you know, Winston well, was in the mix. And, yeah, while, and the, while the coalition sort of discussions yeah. were going on, it was a bit of a paralysis sort of period. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of things going on, I think. So one is there was this kind of election thing and it really took any recovery in the housing market. It just it lost its steam, right? So that was number one. That was right through to pretty much Christmas. So we saw that in terms of weak December numbers and we, you know, because we had a strong October then November was weak, December was weak, January was weak. But January settlements and January sales are normally a reflection of what's going on pre-Christmas. It sort mm. of flows mm. through. People don't really wake up again until February. Mm. One of the things this year is that I think Kiwis took a proper break this year. Like, I think most Kiwis actually checked out at Christmas. Mm. It's really remarkable when you go out and talk to people and you realise how many people were just like... They would say they had probably one of their best Christmases ever. Because I think what happened is the year before, certainly in Auckland, the weather was so shit. We only had about five days of sunshine for the whole summer. Mm. I don't remember we had the flooding and everything else. Like mm. that year was so bad. I think when we started to get some decent sunshine, people just checked out. Mm. And mm. I think part of what we're seeing this summer 
it's just people checking so, out. And so, so don't read too much into the January turnover numbers. I mean, as you think about the year ahead, what's property market turnover going to do? Is it going to sort of go sideways? Like well, we've we've talked is, in the past about interest rates as the main driver. So, yeah. I mean, I guess we are seeing interest rates done to come down, which increases confidence of buyers. Maybe a little bit. Look, I, I think we're in for a flat pancake. You know, like we've talked about this. You know, a lot of economists are saying prices would go up. I'm like, yeah, nah. Maybe a little bit because I expect to see some level of price recovery come through over the next couple of years. The thing that we are seeing is there's a lot more people, motivated sellers. Mm -hmm. So I think in the last two years, you've had all these people build up on the sidelines that are like, I need to sell, but I don't want to sell into this really shit market. I've still got some good rates on my mortgage. I'm going to hold, hold, hold. Those people have run out of runway. I can't tell you. I mean, I think we're seeing more distressed buyers now than I've seen since the GFC. Really? And it's largely interest rate driven. And I think they've held off as long as they can. We talk about having savings buffers. There's a bit of that. But I also think it's just these people had very low rates, which meant that they could get a bit more runway. But now that they're coming off onto these really high rates, they're running out of runway really, really quickly. Mm. And so there's a lot more motivated sellers. I mean, you can see it in the data, right? The number of vendors coming to market, you know, the number of listings is up significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see it coming through in house prices too. Go back three or four months, many, if not most economists, were picking house price increases of, you know, as much as 10% in calendar 24. Mm. Those have all come down, interestingly, looking at the Reserve Bank graphs in their monetary policy statement, they've got a materially lower house price inflation over the course of this year, lower GDP, lower wage inflation, you know, tad lower OCR track, but lower unemployment track, because that's been the one thing that's been this wild card through, and we've again talked about that previously in terms of businesses know how painful it is when you can't find workers, so you hold on as long as possible. But geez, there's still a pretty substantial increase in unemployment to come, which I guess has been the, like I say, the wild card. Um, wow, well, new subs uh, closing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's hundreds of uh, Junos and so on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah not, so, not good being in the media at the moment, let's be honest. Mm, but so you know, it's, a, it's another example yeah, of... These, these things take time to flow through, you know. But we are seeing them, like, you know, I mean, I mean, you're seeing pretty much some sort of receivership or liquidation every week now. Like last week, this week, today, it's News Hub. Mm. Last week, we had that uh, construction recruitment firm go under. You know, the week before, it was something else. I mean, in the media now, you're seeing regular, mm. you know, receiverships, liquidations, mm. retrenchments. You know, you sort of wonder if the, you know, whereas the last two or three weeks has been, you know, the OCR is going up, that was one economist's view. You wonder if you see this clamour towards why isn't the Reserve Bank easing in the face of all this <laughs> dreadful economic data that's imposing all this pain on New Zealanders? Maybe we could start Well, we're, 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 I think we've already started that. <laughs> like, we've been calling that for a while, but yeah. that's the thing for me is that I just think things are generally not great out there. I don't see any inflation that I consider to be risky inflation. I mean, there's inflation there, but it's structural. And so, yeah, look, my view is... Certainly, second half of this year, you know, that OCR needs to come down. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe we should start a petition, JB. You've had a bit of experience <laughs> with that, you know, because, you know, you just keep coming back to the lags in monetary policy are so long in New Zealand that after 
what is it, 11 quarters of real yeah. retail sales decline, you know, the patient is pretty sick and inevitably it sort of... Well, the thing up. is, I don't know, I mean, it's a bit like the US military, like, you know, when they go into battle, they don't leave any soldier out there, you know, they always pick them up, even if they lose a helicopter in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going, where the f*** are you going with this <laughs> um, That was probably a beep, by the way. But um, <laughs> we over-intellectualise this, and we start talking about models, and we start talking about, you know, this and that and this and that. At the end of the day, there are real people at the end of this that are suffering, and genuinely suffering. And how much suffering is acceptable, and especially when I don't think we have a problem, mm. you know, like there's real cost to this, and and that's the thing. We can discuss inflation, we can discuss tradables and non-tradables, and all this other shit. But there's real people that are struggling to put food on their table at night mm. with kids. Mm. You know, it's just not good for New Zealand. So I suppose suppose the point is in economic downturns that are often driven by monetary policy tightening and recessions and all that, it's unemployment that imposes the pain. And in recessionary times, interest rates are lower. In this case, we've actually got hardworking Kiwis with families and stable jobs and all that that are struggling. So it's not unemployment driving it, it's just every New Zealander has to be a lot more conscious of where they spend their dollars. I mean, look, here's my call. I think ACR will be cut by July because I think all the indicators are there that will give the Reserve Bank great confidence. So, you know, I'd say that's a year before the Reserve Bank's picking and about, you know, four or five months before the market. We will see international central banks start to lower rates. So the ECB's quite probably, European central banks, probably going to be the first to move. I mean, they're headed for deflation and some of those European countries, you know, they've got recession in Germany, I think, came out this week. Yeah, and um, I think the UK's not looking too sharp yeah, either. Yeah, and inflation is falling very rapidly. Australia had a partial CPI number today, again, down more than expected. So, you know, all these forces are sort of gathering, and, you know, I think we're going to see an avalanche of rate cuts during the course of this year, just about globally, and New Zealand won't be immune from that impact, especially given the longer legs we have in New Zealand. So, July's my call for a OCR cut, but... You know, that will obviously flow through to other parts of the market, deposit rates, home loan rates and so on. But, um, you know, always think about your personal financial circumstance, you know, because I might not be right just as uh, ANZ was wrong today. (laughs) Yeah, and look, I mean, my advice at the moment generally is to fix for a year, I think, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, off the back of comments like that, people go, oh, maybe I should fix for six months. It's like, just don't get into that whole sort of thing about trying to predict when rates are going to fall. Mm-hmm. I think the key thing is um, be a little bit conservative, mm-hmm. fix for a year. Mm-hmm. When rates start to fall, whether you fix for six months or a year, it doesn't really matter because in six months' time, if you're having to refix, you will refix at a higher rate than you would have if you'd stayed for a year because by the time you get to a year, rates will be lower again, right? Yeah. So it's really important not to get too sort of short-termist about this and, and sort of get caught up in trying to predict interest rates. I think we're at the top of a cycle. Well, we're past the top of the cycle, actually. Past the top of the yeah. cycle. Rates are going to come down at some point, we think sooner rather than later. To me, one year pretty much guarantees you through all this noise. Yeah. Okay, great advice. That's us for another week. Pretty wide-ranging, but um, I guess some satisfaction, JB, that we had the OCR call right. <laughs> Relief. Okay. Relief. Relief, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to talk about in the future, get in touch with us at david at squirrel.co.nz or john at squirrel.co.nz. And please do share this uh, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not financial advice or a recommendation of any financial product. Any commentary provided are personal views and are not necessarily representative of the opinions of Squirrel. As always, we recommend seeking professional investment or mortgage advice before taking any action.